Hello and welcome back to Parentheses, the podcast. This is Belle, your host. I am a brand and marketing strategist and copywriter, and this is my podcast where I talk about books I'm reading, um, how to become a better copywriter, uh, business tips, um, pretty much, honestly, anything I want to talk about. And the name of the podcast, uh, parentheses, is based off of my absolute favorite copywriting tool that is just exactly what you need when you want to add a little bit more into the sentence or um, add a little bit of personality into your copy. And it also very much describes my talking style, which is always trying to add a little bit more into the sentence. So hold on, something made a weird noise. Ooh, I'm hoping it was just my air conditioner making a weird shaking noise over there. That was weird. Um, okay. So today I have a pretty awesome podcast set up. Not going to lie. We just got a new chair for our condo and it was a really good deal. Actually, it's like very comfy, really big, nice, like armchair kind of thing, like a mix between an armchair and a de- like a decor chair. What are they called? Oh, accent chairs. A mix between an armchair and an accent chair. And I've actually moved it over to my desk so I can be sitting casually in this very comfy chair while I record the podcast, which is super, super nice. So that's uh, a bit of what is happening right now (laughs) on my end. My AC is making weird noises and I'm sitting in a very comfy chair that we found on Facebook Marketplace. So feeling pretty good this morning. Um, Excited to be talking about all kinds of things today. Um, I have a couple things I wanted to touch on that I've been thinking about a little bit this week. And then we're going to dive into how to write like a human or how to sound like a human when you're writing. Um, Just talking a little bit more about Um, conversational copywriting um, and how sounding like a real person when you write for a business, whether it's yours or someone else's, um, is a really big part of succeeding in business these days. And it gives a little bit of insight into what I do as a copywriter as well um, and some tips and tricks on how to practice um, and get better and better um, at sounding like a real person when you're doing copywriting. So the few things that I wanted to talk about uh, before we hop into that though, Um, number one is there's been so much going on this week and mostly it's been trying new things. That's been like the theme of this week. And maybe for some people you try new things like all the time. And I mean, I've been trying new things a lot lately. I mean, we just moved to Calgary, brand new city, um, going through a bunch of new steps, um, in, uh, settling into a new place. I've never moved somewhere and had to like settle in. So obviously trying lots of things, meeting new people. Um, I had a great call with my new accountant guys. Also, if you listened to last week's episode, I know I was saying I was going to reach out to somebody, had a couple great referrals. And I think I found someone who is a super, super good fit, um, and has a bunch of awesome information, um, really focused on education, which I love. Um, so I'm really stoked on that. So obviously trying lots of new things, uh, just by nature of moving to a new place. But, um, this week I also went on our first official big mountain hike out in Kananaskis, saw a grizzly bear for the first time. Um, the hike was so insane. Um, like so long, uh, so uphill. It was a little bit crazy. I was not prepped for how intense it was going to be. It was super fun. Like looking back on it, super fun. Very glad we did it. Um, 
yeah, very much enjoyed. We had a friend of ours uh, show us this cool new hiking spot that he had never done before either. Um, it's called Kings Creek Ridge, I believe. Um, and it was rated hard on all trails. Um, and it was super, super fun. I, I really enjoyed. But honestly, I just was not, my body was not prepped. I was feeling so weak. My muscles were so tired. Um, I wish it was my cardio because that's something I feel like you can just say, okay, I'm going to run some more for the next couple weeks. But this was not even even just cardio. It was like my muscles were just like too tired to continue. So it was a lot of mental toughness that happened this weekend when we did that. (laughs) Um, but it was honestly one of those things that I was so glad we did. I was so glad we tried it. We now kind of know a little bit more what hiking out in the mountains like that uh, is like. We had to buy bear spray. We uh, saw grizzly, as I said, as we were driving out there, which was super cool. Um, but really put in perspective how different hiking is out in the mountains compared to what I was used to back on Vancouver Island for sure. Um, but yeah, so did that, that was a big, um, a big step just in terms of, uh, things that we've been wanting to do over the summer, things that we've been wanting to try. And then we also went in on an icy cold dip in the lake after, which was really good for the muscles, I think after such a crazy long hike. Uh, and, um, the lake was actually the same lake that is in the movie RV. If any of you saw RV as a kid, it was a very big staple movie in my childhood. So, uh, that was a really big deal that that was the lake it was at. And the view looks just like it does in the movies. Shocker. Um, and the water was very, very cold. Uh, so that was really fun. That was also our first time kind of like swimming in one of the icy lakes. So that was really good. Um, another new thing I did this week was went to the driving range, uh, which I have not done in years. Like I have gone to a driving range before and I've played golf like once or twice. And I obviously have played mini golf in the past few years and stuff like that, but it was really, really good to go out and practice a completely new skill, which was obviously driving the golf ball with uh, a friend of ours clubs, which was very nice of him to uh, let me try them before we invest in some for me. Uh, I am hoping to get kind of into golf. I feel like it would be kind of fun. It would be nice to um, be able to go out with Josh and go play a couple rounds. I also have some friends out here who quite like golf. Um, so I'm hoping to kind of add that into my skill set. and it was really fun to try it. It's a lot harder than you expect. It's going to be actually <laughs> too well, uh, swinging, um, uh, like getting your swing right, I feel like was quite uh, quite the effort. It took a lot of practice, uh, but I hit some. I had some really good connection on a few of them for sure. I feel like I was really good right at the beginning, and then it got worse, and then right at the end it got better again, which I think is pretty normal for golf practice. Uh, so yeah, so that was really fun as well. Um, but just something that these experiences over the past, uh, over the past few months, obviously, but also just in the past week, uh, I've been thinking a lot about trying new things and how really what it comes down to when it comes to trying brand new skills or activities, um, is that you have to totally just be ready to be bad at it and be sometimes like embarrassingly bad at it. And I think that sometimes, and I'm not sure if every single person feels this way. And if you're someone who tries new things all the time and it's like a second, second nature that you'll just go ahead and try it and not really care uh, how good you are, then that's amazing. You obviously don't, um, need to listen to the next few minutes, (laughs) but, um, for me, I definitely know that trying new things can come with a lot of nervousness or potential embarrassment or just feeling like I need to be somewhat good at something. Um, kind of the first few times I try it. 
And I've realized as I've gotten older and I know I'm not that old. Um, so obviously, uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but as I've grown into being more of an adult, um, being my mid twenties now, I guess (laughs) that's so crazy. Um, but as that has happened, I really have realized how important it is to have the confidence to, and I guess that's what that quote, be brave enough to be bad at something new means, um, is having the confidence to show up at the level you are at and just be able to evolve and grow and know that where you're at right now is not where you'll always be. And if you want to get better at something, you have to be bad at it first. Like that's just part of it. You can't just try something and be amazingly good at it. I felt like that with podcasting too. And I felt like that with, you know, writing my first website copy or my first, you know, drip campaign for for a client like it it uh it's tough when you write your first one or you you know try your first when I put together my first few social media graphics or whatever it was it uh it's nerve-wracking because you really do want to show up as your best all the time and it's tough sometimes to realize that your best is just not what you want it to be so um I guess what I'm saying is I have been um as I get older I've been really realizing how important it is to have that confidence and have that courage to go after um it could be a big new, uh, career thing. It could be a big new project. Um, it could be, um, you know, introducing yourself to people, um, reaching out online to someone you meet on Instagram or something like just these little things and then trying new activities, new sports, um, all of that. I just think that, um, as I get older, I realize how important it is to be able to do that consistently, um, for a few reasons, which is all the stuff I've just said about the improvement and knowing that in order to get good at something, you have to start somewhere. But then also because I don't know about you, but I get this feeling of like utter, I don't know, like, like a thrill almost when I try something new. It's like, cause it's scary a little bit and not like when I went to the driving range, I was terrified or something. I knew I was going to be, you know, bad <laughs> for the first bit and, but I wanted to get better and it, and it was exciting. Like the first few times that it hit properly and went pretty far, it was like really exciting and gave you this kind of thrill. Like, oh my gosh, I did it. And I don't think we get that when we stay within our tasks and our skill set that we normally use. Um, so I don't know. I think it's a it's an addicting feeling once you start it, and it makes you want to like try all sorts of different things. Um, but it's just it's a very important part of growing up and improving and trying new things. And I don't know. It's just something I was thinking about a lot this week. And um, it also plays into a little bit of the other thing I've been thinking about a lot this week which is this concept of, so I'm moving on, next topic, in case uh, anyone was wondering. (laughs) Um, This concept that there is no right steps to take in your life. There is no correct path you have to take in order to be happy and fulfilled. This is something that I have realized over several years and I really love writing about this topic. I've done blog posts and stuff on this in the past and I've talked to lots and lots of friends about this topic. I think it is very relatable for people in their 20s and 30s especially because it is very common to feel like you need to hit certain benchmarks or certain milestones in your life at certain points in your life uh, or make very specific decisions that accomplish specific things in order to feel like you are living the right life or um, heading in the direction of the right life or the life that you want. And over time, I have realized that that is totally false, not a thing, literally at all. Uh, And it is actually very, 
it's very nice to know. It's very calming. It's very assuring to just know that there is no exact recipe for your life that you need to accomplish by a specific time or day or age or stage of life um, in order for you to be happy and fulfilled. So that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately and a couple examples. Uh, So back when I was trying to decide what to do with my career and life and I was in school, uh, I was on the path to become an English teacher to go teach overseas. Uh, This is something that Josh and I talk about all the time because it's so funny to think now because it's just not at all something I think I would have enjoyed. Um, And who's to say? Maybe I would have. This is the whole concept of this this theory here (laughs) Um, or the whole kind of thought behind it. But um, looking back now, I'm just so happy I did not make that decision to move forward with that. But I was on the trajectory to do that. I had all the plans in place. I was taking all the courses and doing all my savings and, you know, working towards this in all ways um, through school and education and all of that. And I also was working at a bank doing financial um, advising. I was a teller at a bank for several years, which I really liked while I was going through school. So I really liked that option as well. Uh, So I was kind of thinking about a career in finance, um, but mostly was just on this path for teaching and especially teaching overseas, something that I thought I would really like. And we always talk about the fact that Josh sat me down at one point and just went, I really don't think you want to do this. I think you're going through these motions and taking the steps um, and you know, accomplishing all the things on your to-do list, which is awesome, but I don't really think you're that excited about this. And it was kind of tough to say because I was a little annoyed when he first brought it up. And um, still to this day, it's uh, something that I'm so appreciative that he said. And um, I had some really good chats with my parents at that point as well, just talking about, you know, different options. And, um, you know, I think I, I was really stuck in not believing that I could have a job in a creative field, which is something I was really passionate about. Obviously, photography, writing, um, which is, of course, why marketing and content creation and copywriting are such a thing for me now. But uh, back then, I was really passionate about those things and was doing a lot of that on the side and stuff. But I think I was just too scared to admit even to myself that I wanted to chase that as an actual career and try to make money doing that um, for um, either someone else or for myself. And I think I was just too nervous and too scared and teaching or finance or banking all just felt like something that was a little safer, a little more something that felt more doable. And I am so appreciative that I took the step to really chase after something a little bigger that I was really uh, like nervous to chase and nervous to try, but uh, ended up working out really, really well. And honestly, I think about this too. Sometimes I think about if I had done something different and I kind of think I would have been happy doing something else as well. The more that I think about having a job in finance or, or, um, uh, what is it, money literacy or like money education, I think I would really enjoy that too. I think I would really be passionate about it and get excited about that. Um, I think I could have been a good teacher, maybe, (laughs) although maybe not some days. My patience was better, I think, back then. (laughs) But, uh, But no, I just, I think of all these different things that I could have tried and I can see myself being happy in several of them for sure, but I'm so happy I went after this option. And it's something I think about a lot, just in terms of it wasn't, um, you know, the right path, just in terms of the education I was t- taking, the courses, and the direction I was taking with my degree. Um, 
and it didn't work exactly with the jobs I was taking on at that point, just with working at the bank was a big focus and that kind of thing. But it ended up being such a good call for me. And I think that goes back to this idea that uh, there's no like right step. You can just take a step that feels uh, good in that moment or maybe feel scary and you kind of take the leap. But um, yeah, I just, I think that is something I think about a lot. And I think about it, especially when things are going kind of good in life and they have been going pretty well here with the move and really enjoying a new city and getting to work in my cute office with my beautiful view. Like it it all just really feels so special and good. And to think that a lot of what is happening now is because I made a decision to not try to go teach overseas when that was my whole plan. And I had taken a whole degree pretty much to try to accomplish that. Uh, And sometimes I don't think I give myself enough credit for how uh, much of a a shift that was. And um, I definitely do thank Josh though all the time just that was such a an important conversation to have especially so young um and as a like a a very young adult couple who was coming out of you know dating in high school and all of that um I think it was a really uh needed thing for us to talk about and uh ended up working out pretty well for us as well because who would have guessed we also are engaged uh living in this lovely new city me working in this cute little office so (laughs) I'd say that worked out pretty darn well um but the other thing I was thinking about just in terms of this idea of the hitting the right steps in your life or making the right decisions and how that doesn't really exist um is also because I think before you hit uh like really big challenges in your life that come up that um no one could have ever guessed before you hit those in your life it is hard to think that anything could like take you off of the path you're on you're like okay I'm accomplishing these things or I'm heading towards this goal and then something really big happens and everything shifts and everything totally changes and getting through that big challenge becomes its own accomplishment that you never imagined you would have to go through or have to overcome. Um, And then it can also sometimes just completely alter your life in all these ways that you just never saw coming. So um, an example of that, which some of you might know and some of you might not, is my sister got leukemia when I was in my third year of university. And uh, some of my family ended up living in Vancouver for uh, almost a whole year where, and then some of my sisters lived at our home up island on the island, and I lived down in Victoria to go to school. And it was a lot of spending time on the ferry. It was a lot of struggling through um, dealing with having our family uh, live, you know, kind of all over the place, and also just be struggling with um, cancer and all the craziness that comes with that journey. And my sister was such a rock star, such a champion. Um, She is doing better now, which is amazing. She is um, determined to graduate high school early. My mom just told me the other day, which is so sweet. And just got a car. She just turned 16. She's been practicing standards. So very proud of her. Um, and is, yeah, just such a champion um, through that whole that whole year um, when she was battling that really hard. And none of us could have seen that coming at all. <laughs> I don't think anyone is like, oh, and one of my siblings will get extremely sick. And a whole year of our life um, and even more will be totally altered and adjusted. And so that's just another example. Like I think if you have this idea in your head that you're going to accomplish these certain things by certain times or um, just accomplish certain things in general or hit these you know landmarks in your life and then things like that happen where you just had no way of knowing that that was going to happen I think when that all goes down 
um, in your life, it really adjusts your idea of like what living a good life is, what a dream life is. And it really makes you rethink having a specific plan all the time for your life, a specific map of what everything and every stage and every year will look like. So those are two examples um, that I think about quite often and I was thinking about them a lot over the past week. Um, I think that if you are in your 20s and you're struggling with any kind of pressure, feeling like you know you need to have anything specifically figured out or be hitting these certain uh, milestones, um, a really amazing TED Talk that I always go back to, um, I think she has a book as well, um, the woman who does the TED Talk. It's The Defining Decade. I think that's the name of the book. Um, and Meg J. I want to say is the author's name and she does this phenomenal TED talk talking about how um, 30 is not the new 20 and how to take your 20s seriously and just keep adding value to yourself um, and taking seriously who you um, spend time with. And it's just this really important reminder that you don't have to have a specific plan or have to hit any specific milestones, but it is really important to take your life seriously and keep working towards making your life a good one and making yourself a good, good person. Um, and that will help you build, uh, the life of your dreams, whatever that looks like for you. So just a a nice little resource that, um, I was talking about with a friend this week and was thinking about a lot just in terms of the, um, building a life that you love and how that, uh, sometimes can be sabotaged if you feel like you have to hit these very specific milestones at certain times, uh, which is not at all the case. And, um, so I was thinking about that a lot this week because that's, uh, that's the second thing. Second thing on the Bell's thoughts list, um, And now I would like to hop into the businessy part of the podcast, which is where I'm going to share um, how to write like a human or sound like a human when you're writing. So it's really just, it's talking about casual, conversational, people-focused writing. Okay, I'm going to switch tones here. I'm going to take a quick sip of water. Hold on. Okay. So, uh... First off, uh, why do we care about sounding like a person when we're doing copywriting for business or for professional purposes? So um, copywriting is pretty much any writing you do for a business, which um, I'm not sure if I've said that actually before in the past. So make sure I, I <laughs> making sure I clarify that. Um, and in terms of the power of copywriting in a business, I would say it's one of the most important things in a business is the way that you use words to communicate with your customers, your community, your investors, um, your partners, your team, all of that kind of stuff. I think words have just so much power in that way because they really help us get across our thoughts clearly. They really help us turn just people into community members and customers and clients. And uh, part of that is you have to sound like a person. You cannot sound like a brand, especially in the way that business is moving these days. Um, Everyone who (laughs) spends money is a very educated consumer. Uh, So consumers have a lot of information. They have a lot of different options for who to purchase from or who to invest in or who to get services done by. And it becomes a game of how do we connect with people the best, right? So if there's lots of hairdressers in your town um, and they all have some availability, because that's another thing is, are they available? But if they have, you know, there's lots of hairdressers and you want your hair done, it's really about who you connect with the best. And oftentimes that comes down to their personality, you know, how they talk, how they talk to you, how they make you feel. Do you have things in common? Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
And so the way that copywriting works, especially on websites, which is a lot of uh, what I do is websites or emails or anything that's helping people communicate in a kind of business um, space like that, is we want to find ways to sound like a genuine, real human being making a connection with another human being. So there's a bunch of ways you can do that. And I'm going to share some advice some strategies that I use, some general rules of conversational um, or very human-like copywriting. Uh, some of them are going to be probably uh, new to you and some of them will be pretty intuitive. Um, but uh, I wanted to share some of them because they're going to be really helpful when you are doing any kind of copywriting, uh, copywriting for things like websites, um, emails, newsletters, social media captions, anything where you're communicating with your network, your customers, your community, um, or your clients. So first off, I want to talk about <laughs> sounding like a real person, but keeping in mind who your brand is. So if your brand has a very friendly, casual voice, that's great. But maybe your brand has a little bit more of an expert voice. Like maybe your brand is a little bit more of an expert in its space, or maybe um, you are a financial um, expert and you really want to make sure as much as you're friendly and casual, you also really want to make sure that you're being very informative, very educational, very expert in the way that you're talking. So just keeping in mind your tone and your voice as you are writing um, different things for your business uh, is really important. So this is not to say that you should just start writing like you write text messages and put like you for you, Y-O-U, you know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to say that, don't go too casual, but the idea is that there are certain tools you can use that will help you write like a real person. So we're not saying go too casual, definitely know what your brand tone and voice is and write in that uh, as best you can. But these are some tools that I'm going to share in the next few minutes here that are going to help you just sound more like a real person, even within that tone. So maybe you have a really like adventurous, very fun, bold tone, or maybe you're not as fun. Maybe you're a little more serious, a little more, uh, maybe you're a little bit more like peaceful and calm and serious and, and really focused on making people really understand, um, uh, you know, the education that you're sharing or your services in a more serious, calm way. So again, not trying to say go super fun and crazy with your with your text talk or something like that. That's not at all not at all the theme of this episode. Um, so that's just one thing I wanted to say right off the bat. The other thing I want to make sure is super clear right off the bat is that when you write uh, for your business you are definitely supposed to be vulnerable and making connections and telling them about yourself and all that kind of stuff. But keep in mind that this copy, these words are not for you. They're for the person you're talking to. So I always go back to knowing who you're talking to, knowing who your dream customers are, your dream clients are, and really knowing what's going to make sense to them. What information do they need to know? Um, what stories would they find interesting or funny or what things are they going to resonate with? So it's actually not just about what you want to be sharing. It's also about um, what is going to be valuable to your um, end consumer, client, um, customer, all that kind of thing. So that's just another thing to keep in mind. It's not just a me, me, me show. Uh, it's actually more about a them, them, them show. So just another uh, thing to mention before we get into more of the actual strategies. So, okay, first one. Sounding like a real person. Here is one of the best ways to sound like a real person when you are writing out copy. Try recording yourself, explaining it like you're talking to somebody. So put on your voice note um, app on your Apple phone or uh, 
put on your Zoom or plug in any kind of recording software and just start explaining it in real words. Or even better, talk to someone, like actually have someone listening in real life and explain it and just record yourself explaining it. So let's say you have a cool product you're selling and it's, let's say it's a cool line of vitamins. Let's just call it that. If you have a cool line of vitamins and they do some pretty neat things for people, or you have a neat way that you can order them online, or you built them for this specific audience or whatever it is, try explaining that in real words. Like try talking to someone, try talking to your spouse or your friend or your business partner or whoever it is, and just try explaining it and record yourself explaining it. And then pick out what is interesting, um, the words that you used when you described it, um, maybe even exactly what you said if you're a really concise speaker and don't say um as much as I do. <laughs> but uh, but just listen to how you talk about uh, your business or product or service when you're actually talking about it. So that's a really, really solid way to start, especially if you don't feel like you're a natural copywriter or you haven't done it a lot. That's a really awesome spot to start. The other thing to keep in mind as you translate that kind of recording into actual copy for your website or your newsletters or your social media captions is to remember that filler words are our friend. And what I mean by filler words are things like well and okay and um, even is, is a filler word technically. Um, but anything along those lines or always, or just these little, these little words that we kind of add in to make us sound like a real person. Um, even well, anyways, right. That's a kind of filler phrase. So all these filler things are what we use in regular conversation. So again, don't go too ham on filler words. We're not using them too much so that they become not useful, (laughs) but definitely keeping in mind that that is a way you can sound like a real person when you're writing your copy. Um, you don't want to use maybe too many, especially if you're just starting out and you're not hundred percent sure how to use them super well. But if, while you were explaining, especially in that recording that I just mentioned, if you, while you were explaining, you said, because of course, like if you say that technically we don't want to say, start a sentence with, because of course, but it can make you sound like a real person if you put that into your copy. So that's something just to keep in mind is that filler words are our friends when it comes to sounding like a real genuine human communicating um, about your business or brand or services. And actually, Maha Copy Co., um, M-A-H-A Copy Co., uh, especially on Instagram, they have amazing content. But they had a post um, just, I guess, last week or this past week um, where they explained a little bit more about filler words and how to use them effectively. And that actually inspired this tip. Uh, And I thought that was just so, so smart. So big shout out to them. I thought they did a really, really good job. And um, yeah, I just, I think it's such a good thing to keep in mind when we're talking about how to write like a real human. So again, don't overuse them, but keep in mind that uh, they are not the enemy. They are actually helpful in making a sound like a human. Another thing to uh, try is using things like contractions or parentheses, which of course is the name of this podcast because I love it so much, um, or other tools like that, that like any other grammatical tools that kind of sound like thoughts. So you could use quotation marks to kind of accentuate a specific word or a specific um, question that maybe you get asked a lot. Um, you could use contractions to sound more like Uh, a real person talking because I say you're not you are. So if everything says you are, or this is, um, 
then it can sound a little bit formal or a little bit um, unhuman-like. And so putting more contractions or putting like parentheses um, for different thoughts that you want to add in to your sentence, using that can actually sound a lot more like a person because that's how we actually talk in real life. So it'll build a little bit more connection uh, with you and your reader if you use little grammatical tools like that. This is another one that um, I use all the time. I actually have to go back and add in contractions sometimes because I don't always write um, my contractions in very naturally. So it's actually something I have to go in and add um, a lot of the time. Uh, another one to keep in mind, just rattling off the tips here. <laughs> uh, another one is to keep in mind that not everyone who is reading your website or your emails is going to understand all the industry jargon. So this is where parentheses actually comes in handy is you could say something that's like an industry word or term and you could define it for them. That's kind of like filling someone in. And again, if you're in a conversation and someone goes, what does, um, conversion copy mean? I could just be like, oh, conversion copy means this. Um, and I would just say that in a conversation. I'd say, oh yeah, sorry. So you can even say, oh yeah, sorry. Conversion copy means this. You could say that in an email, for example. And that would sound like a real person going, oh, you don't know what that is? Oh, here, here's what it is. Or even better, which is the next thing I was going to mention, is even better avoiding industry terms or anything that is confusing. So either find a fun way to make sure people know what you're talking about or <laughs> try to avoid it altogether, which is another really, really helpful strategy when it comes to writing um, uh, copy for your website or emails or social. Um, the last one I was going to mention, so these are all just like a bunch of random tips to make you sound more like a person. Um, the other option is to write it like you're thinking it. So this is having a space where you literally just write down exactly what you're thinking about it with no plan for formatting or tone or anything. Literally just write anything you can think of that people need to know, or that's what's, what's been happening lately that you want to fill people in on. Or maybe it's a fun story that just happened and you're like, people will really think that's cool and it kind of relates to my business in this way. So just writing it out as you think it and then going back in to do all that editing later. So as I said, I go in and add contractions later or I'll add um, definitions or I'll you know trim out some of the industry words that people don't get confused. Um, that's something that I do after. I don't often try to do it as I'm writing it just because it can be a lot. So if you write it as you're thinking it, even if you have, oh, wait, they might need this literally just add it in like that oh wait they might need this and you'd be surprised at how fun it is to see the way that your brain dumps out information like that um, and how relatable it can be for people so again not to say that you would take that brain dump and just go pop it on your website <laughs> that is probably not the best call but it is really nice to have something set up where you can just dump all your thoughts literally how you're thinking it um, onto the page whether you type it or write it on a uh, pen and paper um, and then turn it into copy after that, because you're going to have a lot of personality elements already built in and a lot of those connection pieces, um, and sounding like a genuine human already built into your, uh, copy when you do it that way. So that was my list of tips for today. I hope you enjoyed. I hope it was informative. I hope you can apply it to your business or your job um, or whatever you do writing for, for brands, business, and conversion. And uh, let me know if you enjoyed the episode. I so appreciate having this space to share just random thoughts that I have through the week, um, books I'm reading, 
business things that are going on, um, just catching you all up on what's happening in my life in general. Um, I just, I'm really loving this platform and this, um, this space to share each week. So thank you again so, so much for listening. Really, really appreciate it and would appreciate it even more if you rated and reviewed the podcast on Apple or Spotify or both if you're feeling extra generous. Um, it's just a nice way to know that you're enjoying um, the episodes and to help get my podcast uh, higher on the search results. <laughs> um, so very, very much appreciate uh, all your time listening today, and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week, and I will see you next week. Bye. Bye.